everybody. I'm Matt Grunler. And I'm Laura Grunler. We're so happy to be joined by Dr. Ryan Shin and Dr. Kevin Shia, who recently hosted the Twitter chat on the topic of contemporary Asian artists' work and social justice. Hi, everybody. I'm Matt Grunler. And I'm Laura Grunler. And today on K-12 Art Chat, the podcast, we are thrilled to have two amazing guests. Um, completely honored. Uh, I'm just over the moon. <laughs> so Dr. Ryan Shin and is it Dr. Kevin? Yeah. Dr. Kevin <laughs> Shia. And I just, I am, I, wow. Um, thank you for hosting the chat recently. And if you would both take a minute to tell us a little bit about who you are and your background and what you do in the art education world, we'd appreciate it. Um, Ryan, if we could start with you, that'd be awesome. Sure, that's great. So uh, uh, thank you for having me. And so it's great to be here. And my name is Ryan Shin. I teach art and visual culture education at the University of Arizona, Tucson since 2007. And in my university, I uh, developed and teach a class titled Asian Art and Visual Culture and one of a general education class and uh, mainly focusing on uh, Chinese, Japanese, Korean art and visual culture. And I'm uh, one of the um, founding members of a National Art Education Association, Asian Art and Interest, Interest Culture uh, Group. And its mission is to identify and promote art education research practice on Asian art culture and philosophies. And one of my research area is uh, to explore um, Asian craft and uh, objects in many U.S. communities to understand their meanings and functions in their original context and U.S. adapted context. I'm also very interested in incorporating Asian art and culture in U.S. art curriculum. Mm. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. And Kevin? Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Kevin Xie. Uh, originally, I'm from Taiwan. And I went to Penn State University for my uh, doctoral degree. And after I graduate, uh, I just feel so lucky. I, you know, I work uh, at Georgia State University in Atlanta uh, in 2008. So since 2008, I have been teaching our uh, education method courses and technology classes, Chinese art history survey classes, and also uh, take students to China for study abroad. Uh, so my research interest is mainly focused on uh, visual culture and uh, critical theory, including uh, like how to implement Asian art into the K-12 classroom teaching. Uh, so after I came to Atlanta, I really enjoy working here because my school is very, very diverse. Uh, we have 33% of the uh, African-American students body and then 30, about 30 to 40% are white, and the rest is like Latino, Asian, slash, uh, you know, whatever. So I really enjoyed uh, working with diverse student body. And uh, my teaching, my teaching's uh, uh, pedagogies also reflect uh, the diversity. Uh, so I think teaching my students also helped me to grow tremendously. And because you know, you uh, before I uh, immigrant to uh, the United States, uh, in Asia, in Taiwan, I only have one race to teach, right? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> Taiwanese, and then so my at that time, my thinking is very, very 
a, sim, a, a very single angle, right? Mm -hmm. Just the way I teach. After I immigrated to the United States, I was like, wow, I have so many different students. Their learning are different. Their background are different. So it helped me to grow. Uh, and then uh, also helped me to reflect back to myself teaching. Is that my teaching pedagogy meet everybody's needs? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think, you know, uh, teaching the student helped me a lot to grow. And then uh, the other thing is uh, I met Dr. Shin in uh, NAEA uh, conference. And I always encourage students to go to a national conference because you can social networking, you can meet people, you can meet the famous scholar, the article you have been reading about, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I met with Dr. Uh, Dr. Shin and then Dr. Shin invited me to be one of the, uh, uh, the founding member to create this uh, Asian uh, art and culture interest group under the NAEA. And you know, with Dr. Shin's uh, uh, help, and then I learned so much from him too. So I will say, you know, social networking and then meeting people. Uh, and then because those kind of uh, networking, I feel very uh, welcome uh, in, the, in the, like to me it was foreigner country because I haven't been to, I haven't uh, understand the US uh, context really, you know, really, uh, really deep. So, Meeting with those Asian art educator and then uh, my colleague, they helped me a lot. So they helped me grow and then feel more welcome. And right now I'm, you know, I become a citizen, and then I just feel like I I need to do more to uh, to help uh, and educate our students. So I really appreciate you guys invite us to come here and then with the chat. Well, again, we're thrilled to have you, <laughs> and the topic is is so important and Matt and I can attest to you you know as as white educators making sure that we're honoring our Asian students and their culture is something that we're always trying to understand and make sure that we do appropriately and um, with honor and to have experts like you help art educators approach these the the artists and the, and and make in the and the artifacts appropriately is is such such a, a blessing to be able to learn from you. So thank you so much for being here. The first question I really wanted to ask you is how did you choose your topic for the Twitter chat? It was um, contemporary Asian artists work and social justice. And I know that you went back and forth about there were a lot of different topics we could have covered, <laughs> but how did you land on that? That is the, the title. I think that's a really important question. So for ourselves and our students and even like hold a community and uh, Asian community too. So uh, traditionally like uh, as an art, art educator from originally I'm from South Korea and then like uh, 20 something years ago, I got started and so many topics we trying to, um, we trying to always like bring something traditional Asian art and landscape and paintings or sculptures to U.S. context and for uh, cultural diversity. But um, that's actually last like a 10, 15 years working on that. And then suddenly, you know, we just came up um, this pandemic and COVID-19. There's so much like tensions growing up and uh, that's the really you know, problematic for us to see what's going on. And that's why we kind of like Kevin and I, and also many uh, Asian American art educators, we are working on the, these kind of topics and we need to 
uh, work more, we need to address these topics. And that's why we actually uh, discuss these topics with the Twitter chat. And then I really appreciate that. It's kind of opportunity to share our works more. And also um, it's very important, like uh, there are so many art teachers out there. They're also looking for resources and uh, resources mm -hmm. ideas. Uh, so we just chose topics more like uh, social justice and diversity. And that's very important topics for uh, many Asians, uh, Asian students, Asian American teachers and uh, community. It's wonderful. I, you know, I mean, I think that that kind of leads into um, a question of how how does a teacher, you know, who who isn't sure or even know where to even start, how do they incorporate that respectfully and honorably, you know, without it in into their curriculum? And you know, I'm hoping you might be able to share some resources with us, um, as well as putting them on the on the show notes so we can we can put that out when the podcast comes out. Yeah, thank you, Matt, for the question. I think I can, I can, I can share my experience because when I uh, do the inter introduction of myself, I mentioned that in Taiwan, my student body is only one race, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I came here, I had so many different uh, students with different background. And then I just recall my previous teaching when I was in Taiwan. It's very interesting because we are talking about cultural appropriation. Right. Mm -hmm. And artists usually use cultural appropriation, uh, use quote appropriation as a method, strategy to create art. And then so when I when I was in Taiwan, it's very interesting because I uh, I remember right after I graduated from college and I, I taught my, my student uh, different culture, like uh, like a, uh, uh, Indian culture, right? And then I have students design their costume and then they wear the costume. So it was back with them. And then after I, you know, I studied, you know, come here to study and then I learned about cultural appropriation. And then I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe that I did it before. <laughs> and then, um, so it just gave me a, it's a kind of like a dilemma, right? And then after I learned all the stuff here in the United States and I, I start to reflect my own teaching, what kind of mistake I made before mm -hmm. and how can I make a difference? Right. And then because the recently the East Asian and Asian American are facing a new wave of uh, discrimination and unique challenge, mm -hmm. especially uh, increased incident of hatred and prejudice, uh, prejudice due to the COVID-19. Uh, so and then because they are originally from China. So it's just very interesting to see a lot of incident happen, even with my student. My students were walking on campus and then they told me, somebody spit on them or, you know, like go back to China or whatever. Wow. And so those things I just hear my students share with me and I feel like, wow, okay, so what can we do differently, right? Mm -hmm. And then so after I learned about my student feedback and then even faculty member, they said, I cannot believe it. I was walking to my office and then some people just said, go back to China. <laughs> and then uh, she was shocked. So... Uh, after those, I learned about this incident. I, I designed my class. Uh, we call uh, like using art and then uh, help those people cannot talk or voiceless, right? And then so those those uh, those curriculum and lesson, I totally created because of those incident happened. And then also. I think because being a teacher, your, your teaching had to be very reflected to whatever happened in our student and then in our uh, community. And then so 
so I would I would the reason why I have this cultural appropriation because I think a lot of people they don't understand what is cultural appropriation really mm-hmm. means. Mm-hmm. So it's important to show them this is what that means. And uh, cultural appropriation, the other thing is even myself, I look at my own teaching, I would like do not make the mistake. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful, right? Do not use other culture and then improperly and make people feel offensive. Uh, so that's why our topic, I told you that this change, like maybe we can put those question into it as a cultural appropriation. And then because I also teach Chinese art history and my students really love it, but they always say, they always ask me the question like, hey, Kevin, I really want to teach Tao, uh, about Taoism because, you know, meditation, you know, mm-hmm. spiritual thing. But would I make a mistake if I don't understand deeply about the Taoism? Because, you know, Taoism have been more than 2000 years developed. And I say, if you want to, if you want to design a lesson, you can share your lesson to, with me, and then I will take a look, see whether you have different cultural uh, uh, the wrong uh, appropriation in your lesson or not. So I think a lot of teachers, including my students, they feel uh, anxious cover Asian art, and that's what that's why a lot of people they prefer. All right, I don't want to do cultural appropriation, so I don't want to teach about it, right? <laughs> Uh, I also want to encourage students, you know, if you want to teach something, find somebody in the, uh, in the professional uh, field that then take a look at your lesson and then you can teach that. Dr. Shin, I'm, I'm sure you have something. Yeah, right. So it looks like it's great, like a segue to talk a little more about uh, cultural appropriation. So, mm-hmm. so whenever, whenever I meet with uh, like um, people like in the classroom or our teachers, one of the most like popular question or most like answer the question is about how are you going to address or how are you going to teach uh, objects or uh, Asian um, the objects and images without um, uh, without essentializing or appropriating uh, mm-hmm. them so um, I thought about this kind of questions of uh, a little bit and then and one of like you know there's a several way of actually addressing that so first so uh, my response is about when you look at objects, a lot of times like uh, Asian objects, especially from East Asia, they are, um, you need to look at invisible things, like something behind what's going on. So beyond like not looking at the art elements and design principles, uh, that might most like a uh, distant from how to understand uh, mm-hmm. the East, uh, the objects images from uh, the Asia. So trying to understand, trying to research, trying to research what you, what's the meaning of behind this and why people are using it and what that means for the people who use that. That's what you're doing some research. And then next step is more about working with the, um, the community. So work with like Asian community. You know, right now I'm in Tucson and there, there's a big Chinese uh, culture center and, and some other like ethnic groups um, easily get connected. And these days also we have a lot of social networks as we can easily connect with the people. So trying to ask, um, trying to contact with that. And also uh, Kevin, I mentioned about National Art Education Association, Asian Art and Culture Interest Group. So we are ready, we are quite welcome any kind of questions. And to, if you have any questions about how you want to deal with this, like images and objects, we can do some research and we can actually help with that. And then um, also don't hesitate to ask questions. When I teach like diversity uh, 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 in social justice and art education, first students like, you know, afraid a lot about, uh, concern about they, you know, 
building of some anxiety. Mm -hmm. So, the, but actually they after doing some projects and learn about culture and uh, working with the um, local community, um, the Asians or other like ethnic groups, they quite quite comfortable. So mm -hmm. I think experience helps a lot with that research and experience. Yeah. I, I well, thank you for all of those suggestions because that's I, the number one thing is reaching out. Mm -hmm. There, there we have um, different community organizations right here in in North Texas that are prevalent and they love to support <laughs> art educators and educators in general, history educators too. You know, anyone that's looking to to make sure to be honorable and not appropriate. And um, I do want to mention Kevin that. I think that what you said about teaching the Indian dress, that's something I, I think that the important part is that you reflected on that and you're not alone. I I can remember back in um, 2000 when I started teaching, I was first year teacher, very young, very naive. And I thought it would be great to introduce my students to Japanese culture. And we did a lesson on kimonos and all the pieces of the kimonos. And then I had them design it. And I thought I was doing the right thing at the time, right? And I think you have to really reflect on, was it really the right thing? And could I have done that differently? Absolutely, I could have done that differently. You know, um, and, and even the other pieces, because we live in this era of Zoom, you can bring in people of that culture into your classroom to speak, which is more, the More authentic impactful. and appropriate thing to do, right? So why not bring in other educators into your classroom to speak on on their culture and their, or just artists, you know, and why they make and what their traditions are and those kinds of things. So um, it's a really right, important right. topic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really different topic, but actually it's more interesting. Like we are quite uh, connected or network with around the world right now. So so one of like a project I really uh, trying to encourage people to do it is kind of like exchange class or work with other class in different countries like Asia or Middle East or Africa. So I, I tested a few classes. My students work with, the, um, uh, for, you know, I trying to set up with the local art teachers in Tucson and a uh, couple of art teachers, teachers in South Korea and they communicate, they had a, a photo exchange program, they have some other, um, you know, public art program, art, public art research uh, together. So they exchange, they shared, and it's actually that's a break a lot of boundaries mm -hmm. instead, of, instead of like worrying about it. So trying to connect with uh, others. And one can somebody say, oh, how about the language issues? <laughs> actually, there are so many, um, the, I'm sure that in Taiwan and China, there are so many uh, art teachers can speak English pretty well. And some students English uh, speak English pretty well. Probably um, you'll find more than actually what you actually uh, expect, um, uh, understand. So yeah, that's actually some of some of suggestions actually I, I can make about that. So I don't want to gloss over the fact that also Kevin mentioned the the racism that has occurred in your community over the past year. I, I want to bring that forward and say that I, I know Matt and I on our Instagram and on our things, we've we've done a lot of tweeting and posting of stop Asian hate, um, stop a a I a a p i hate, you know, those kinds of things. Um, what are, and this wasn't in, covered really a, a whole lot in our Twitter chat, but I just, I don't want to gloss over it. So I want to bring it forward. What are some suggestions you have for um, community and our educators to confront 
the racism? Uh, I think I can give uh, one example of my teaching. So after I learned about uh, those incidents happened on campus, even in downtown Atlanta, uh, students walking on campus with, you know, with this kind of uh, language harassment, it's just, just very interesting to hear, to be honest. And then, so I designed this lesson we call, uh, I use uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Dr. Yichen Cooper, and we talk about this too because uh, she have the uh, she have a daughter a mixed daughter white and Asian mix, and then so they also have this, those those kind of concerns in in Washington State. So I use one of her idea called this project Voice for the Voiceless, and I designed this lesson with my pre service teacher uh, method courses. So I asked them to do is ask them to uh, go back to research history, U.S. history about Chinese immigrants. Why some people do not like Chinese? Why? And then can they find out anything else uh, in the history? So most of my students will went back to the history and then some of them, they told me they have no idea why their history book doesn't, uh, doesn't cover Chinese immigrant history. And then so I said, okay, it's okay. You know, the, you know, as a teacher, we always, you know, Continue, continue to learn. So they researched that. And then one of my students, she dig deeper and then she found uh, several different uh, historical document about an incident happened in San Francisco uh, about uh, prostitutions. And so they, they <clears throat> uh, several different Chinese immigrant girl in the early you know, young age were put into the brothel and then uh, as a business. And so, she dig deeper and then she just like, that is just very interesting. The history book doesn't cover it. So she want to make a voice. So she decide, she draw a picture with a, uh, with a door and then the door is actually open with nobody in it. And then uh, because I, I asked, I, I require them to write a statement about their art. So she wrote, uh, I draw the door open because that girl is no longer there. And then that, you know, uh, with, uh, with leaving the door open, does it mean I'm not here for your pleasure? So that means he, she escaped. And then, so this is very powerful image and art uh, through this project. And then my students really think deeply. And then when they uh, uh, talk to me about their work, they said they learn so much about the history. And then they learn why some people uh, misunderstood uh, Chinese immigrant. And the other student will research about like Chinese worker, they construct a uh, you know, transcontinental railroad. Mm -hmm. And then many of them never even, their name never even been recorded because they pay less because you know they, the company hired them and then paid less. And even if they die, they just bury you know, along, uh, on the side of the, 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 the railroad. And those stories never told. So the one the, this student, particular student, they dig deeper into like how to find those workers' name, right? And then uh, she found an artist, contemporary artist, and he's also a professor uh, in the United States. One of his work is a multimedia work. And they show the celebration of the last golden spy was nailed down to the railroad, right? Because the completion is a celebration. And then if you look at this historical photograph, nobody, as a worker showing in the pictures. Every, everybody in the celebration in the, in the photo are all white and wear a suit. 
And I saw this uh, contemporary artist work was showing from the other side of the scenery. They are looking at the back of those people, you know, taking pictures. And then so those kind of things, I think it's very interesting to see how my student grows because they learn that also you uh, find different perspectives to interpret historical events. And then so they create art. And then some students, they didn't pick uh, Chinese, uh, uh, Chinese or Chinese, uh, Asian or Chinese uh, <clears throat> uh, group, right? Some of them, they pick, uh, uh, for example, at the border, right? The Mexican uh, US border, the detention center, some students pick those scenery and then create art and then write a statement, which I think is very powerful for students to learn rather than us, right? Because I also learned that. And so I think teacher can use those kind of uh, strategy and then they can teach their, uh, their student, you know, research and then reflect and then create their art. Right, so I hope you know. I hope my student learns. So <laughs> that's why that's why I try to you know I try to be very reflective as as a teacher. And I know uh, Dr. Shin have fantastic uh, example too. So uh, Dr. Shin, you need to share. <laughs> actually, yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank thank you for sharing a lot of great ideas and artists. And so if I add a few more ideas about it, so actually I work with the. Uh, um, a couple of like Asian American uh, art educators like Dr. Borim Song and Dr. Jianbe. And so we develop kind of like a strategies about how to address these issues in the classroom, uh, K-12 classroom uh, or uh, college classroom. So we identify three ways of doing this, uh, addressing this uh, the anti-Asian uh, racism. So the first one is more about like uh, art intervention strategies. So that is a more, uh, that's, that's actually, we're gonna share with the students about contemporary Asian American artists, especially uh, who created art uh, after pandemic and such as uh, Lisa Ulim Shovolom and uh, Amanda uh, Pimbodibakia and also Mani Chow. So those are quite far popular artists at, uh, like since 2000, um, since last year. And so uh, after sharing their like artworks, their artworks quite about, uh, express their uh, concerns about health and safety and community issues. Also, they address the voices about it. So how Asian American artists, uh, Asian Americans feel about this, uh, this under uh, circumstance. So they create like uh, as art, artwork, as uh, uh, intervention uh, strategies and they're creating them and then share with the uh, social media and also exhibition at the museums and also uh, make posters and share with uh, spread, uh, distribute, distribute posters as art form. And uh, so students, uh, you know, learn about these artists. Also, they learn about art can be great tool to address these issues. They actually create artworks. And the second, second, second idea is about more um, uh, anti-racism uh, uh, gazing. So I just call it, um, uh, it's a kind of like anti-racism gazing. So when you watch contemporary art, contemporary like a popular culture movie. So one example mm. I uh, share with that is like a Grand Torino. It's kind of like a, it's Grand Torino is a movie, but actually the Hmong population represented in the movie is like they are, they are feeling horrible about how they are represented as, um, you know, some gang members and there's tons of racial slurs. And so they are not very comfortable watching that. And that's actually, actually, I learned a lot about it. And also students can look at those kind of like, uh, 
uh, movies and music videos, and they and look at from anti-racism lens. It's just beyond like anti-Asian racism, but it can be applied to Native Americans and Mexican Americans, other uh, ethnic groups. And then last, uh, the way, you know, approach is more about anti-Asian racism uh, memes. The, mm -hmm. So there's so many memes about like, uh, look at it as like uh, the Asian as more, um, uh, the cause of some also sort of problem, pandemic problem. So, but there's also um, the, you know, looking at that and creating like anti-Asian uh, racism memes to address, for example, I'm not virus was so much like a uh, meme has been uh, spread out through social media. So students can look at it and they, they can create their own version of this. That can be, uh, um, I think there's possibilities in the K-12 classrooms. Dr. Shin, you know, um, you, you brought up in that, in that, that response, and it was phenomenal, but you, you know, you, you both brought up the idea of contemporary uh, pop culture. And I wanted to kind of ask a little bit more about it, because I know you had made a comment to me about your, um, this last question, um, you know, using contemporary pop culture of Asia, such as K-pop and C-pop and, and including Bollywood as well. And I'm just curious, um, you know, the the use of it and how somebody might use that. Because I I I was I would I mean yes, it, it's pop culture, and yes, how would you apply that in your in your teaching, or how do you apply that in your teaching? So the contemporary pop culture, like uh, the K-pop, Korean wave, and also uh, Japanese and Chinese like popular culture, is really. Um, important, uh, just not very recent, like a study like a Japanese animation got studied mm -hmm. quite a long ago. So that's a great way of studying. But actually when I, when you see more like popular culture, contemporary popular culture, the interesting things about um, uh, as a former, like as a um, Korean immigrants, actually, I wanna see that as a more Korean popular culture because I understand the context. So one big example, for example, we can just, just like, uh, uh, look at it like, you know, everybody uh, here and learn, uh, knows about Gangnam Style. That's very popular, uh, uh, the music video. And the kids all the time, they just play that the Gangnam Style when high school, like uh, 10 years ago, maybe uh, a little bit less than that. And then, so so that's actually video. It's just, just not just about the video, but actually there's, uh, when I uh, analyze, there's so many uh, embedded about social, cultural, uh, context in the music video. So, uh, for example, the, you know, when Sai made a music video, but it's not just about funny video, it's, there's a lot of issues about class, um, social classical, classical issues. And a lot of like, um, uh, it's kind of like social commentary, way beyond, way beyond like appearance, like funny video. And there's a lot of symbols and peoples and, and uh, you know, surveys and, and the cars and everything in, in it has some special meanings about it. And then students can uh, try to understand, look at it. And also they can compare with the, the popular, you know, the music video in the US and they can talk about it and compare and contrast. And then the, you know, social issues and the cultural issues has been really important these days. And then uh, also I kind of, uh, kind of suggest like uh, there's uh, wonderful articles by uh, Palema Taylor is about how to teach about music video. So it's that's, that, that resource we provide how to analyze, how to look at just beyond what you watch 
So there's uh, so many ways of you can actually uh, include popular culture in the class. And also you can address that um, the, uh, the, the Asian uh, popular culture in the class. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to get kids to start having a conversation. It may not be a incredibly deep and moving conversation, but it's a way to get that moving in a direction. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fantastic. Well, I was just thinking about our 10 year old who's <laughs> obsessed with kawaii art. Kawaii, it's Japanese little characters, kawaii. <clears throat> and that would be, I mean, very even, simple, yeah, it's very, very simple, but it's a great entry point into mm -hmm. a conversation. Yeah. Um, so definitely, you know, I, I think that there's a lot we can talk about here. <laughs> There's so much more, you know, I, I just, if you had something you wanted to tell educators, I, you know, it's, it's really, it's kind of the last question we ask everyone, but you're jumping, you're jumping I know, but I just, I, I'm just so moved by what they're saying. And I'm thinking, you know, if, if you had like your best piece of advice and I'm, I'm, we're not going to wrap just yet. Oh, just, okay. Just, I was but, like, wait, where no, no, no. But I just want to know what, like, when you're thinking about really going back to, we've already kind of circled around this and you've already spoken to it, but if you had a best piece of advice for developing culturally sensitive and respectful lessons, what would it be? I think, uh, I think the one of the strategies I use is I always call, uh, let students know, you need to decode whatever the message embedded in visual images or any multimedia. So, uh, one, of, one of the research projects that I did was uh, one uh, graduate, uh, doctoral student from North Illinois uh, University, uh, Meng Rongyang. We were researching about uh, LGBTQ uh, stereotype embedded in the um, film or multimedia or short clip or even Japanese animation. Mm -hmm. And so we, we select several different clips from Disney, so from Japanese animation, and then we show that to students. And then we let students know like, okay, so what kind, of, what kind of the stereotype do you think embedded in this kind of film? And then students at the first, they will feel confused. Like, what do you mean stereotype? They, they were just movie, they were just you know, animations. And then so I just asked them to, all right, you, I, you, now I show you the question, you went back to see the movie again all clips. And then they kind of like, oh, I think what Kevin won is this. Mm -hmm. So they start to write it down. Like, okay, so uh, what kind of, what kind of the, the stereotype showing the character design, right? What kind of the character, uh, their personality, right? Is there anything that actually embedded inside this film? So students will write a list. So sometimes you will see students, they write, uh, they wrote like uh, LGBTQ, uh, a stereotype like you know the 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 guy look like girl and they have long hair with pink hair and they have a makeup they have a very very sharp chin right and then very pale skin something like those and then they start to reflect back to oh so why most uh Asian girl in Asia they prefer be pale skin right so they start to think about deeply why that why those kind of the social pressure influence. Uh, uh, Asian girl, they, they want to be, you know, skin pale white. And then they will, uh, they will start to do is they will look back to their, uh, one of their favorite cartoon. And then I ask them to analyze it. And then, so after those kind of uh, strategies, students kind of think deeply, that's, 
oh, the old movie, they are fun to watch. They have a lot of stereotype embedded. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then so I was, I will you, I will call this one called decoding strategy, uh, because everything is all coded, including all the social media. Well, I think you can, not to interrupt, but I am interrupting, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just got so excited because we just had, so our children like older Disney movies, but we had a hardcore <laughs> conversation about the Siamese cats in Lady and the Tramp and how inappropriate they are and that. how stereotypical they are. The, and and yeah. that decoding, I mean, so even parents can stop and have these conversations. And in our house, we also watch a lot of Turner classic movies. I'm a huge classic movie fan, but there are horrible depictions of all ethnicities that are not white in these movies. And I think that it's important to learn from them and decode them, just like you said, out loud, as a family, as a class, however you want, but not just gloss over it, to call it out and say why it's wrong and what the stereotypes are and where they're coming from. And so I'm just, I got really excited. I'm sorry, Kevin, just had to jump in there. And you know, you, uh, be, I, I will say this, not every parent just like you, Laura. Laura. <laughs> they just want to do it. It's like, all right, just go to watch a movie. And then they can, you know, they can leave their kids away and then just like do their own stuff. But a lot of family, they don't have this. Their parents are not that knowledgeable about those kind of uh, embedded uh, uh, stereotypical stuff. So I think for teacher, you know, teacher can bring this up as a conversation in the school, in the classroom. And then, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a cutting point. It's like an icebreak, uh, icebreaker. Hey, did you guys watch the you know, Mulan? And then start to talk, right? And then you teacher can bring this in. So do you see, do you think there's anything wrong you know, depicted in this Mulan movie or why is that, right? So let them talk, let students talk. And then you can dive even deeper because students, they watch Mulan already. So they can connect. So if teacher can use this medium to bring a conversation, deeper conversation into the classroom, that would be great. And the student will go back to go back home and say, Ma, I told you this, Mula wasn't that great. Yeah, 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 right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so parents will also learn too. So I think it's, it's a, a multi-dimensional uh, different way we can, we can help to uh, uh, our next generation to understand or decoding all the different images, including like text, right? Or pictures. Yeah, Dr. Shane, you want to weigh in? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's a great uh, conversation. Actually, actually, that's really important to have a uh, great conversation with uh, uh, within family and also in the classroom too. So, uh, but also we actually there, uh, we also, there's uh, um, a lot of like, I mean, there's still old like Disney movies, but also there are certain groups of people actively engaged with the decoding and sharing their ideas on blog and website on YouTube. So those kind of resources uh, can be more like uh, um, used and also get some more um, you know ideas and or teaching strategies. So that's actually I mentioned briefly about like uh, um, um, anti-racism um, uh, gazing as part of that, like it's very similar idea of decoding and looking at that and what what can be, you know, how, you know a lot of times we just uh, don't really understand, just kind of we just watch it, just fun and leave. That's actually, but actually um, in some way you might want to look at it like all the language, what kind of a word you use and then how actually all the images or images used, symbols are used any scene or any kind of like animation or any movies, all object is not just happen to be there. It's all designed by 
the movie director or mm-hmm. um, uh, um, you know the uh, you know crews. So I think that's why we need to look at it all the images behind and what that means just beyond the um, simply looking at that like uh, the the main story. So something behind this story, something um, analyzing visuals and objects even without voice, without so- mm-hmm. sound off, and that's another way of looking at mm-hmm. the critically what's yeah. going on there. Ryan, just on that point, I, I, you mentioned Gran Torino earlier, and I, I taught in Fresno, California for a little while, and there is a large Hmong population, and I don't think a lot of people are familiar with Hmong, and, you know, that, it breaks my heart, because it's not an accurate depiction, de- 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 can't even talk. Depiction. Because I'm, I'm crying, depiction. sorry. Depiction of, of that community. I mean, they're some of the hardest working loving, large, loving families, big families, loving families, community centered. And I think that that's another piece of it is like, when you see something like that, maybe go do some research and say, you know, find out, like, if you've never heard of the Hmong, go find out what their community is about and who they are. And, and don't take it for face value based on a story in a movie, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's how actually when I watched that movie, the first time I watched, I just more focused on the story. But next time, second time I watched, and I feel, you know, a lot of stories, actually um, a lot of scenes and slurs and those kind of things happening um, a lot of times, the young generation, children easily just learn and trying to apply. And when you watch watch movie, like at least like a few days, like in your mind, like lingering, lingering again. Mm-hmm. So that's actually the 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 affect um, our mind. And also, I uh, taught at University of Wisconsin La Crosse for six years, and I um, had a great experience with the Hmong people. They are great mm-hmm. people. They are working hard, and they are wonderful people to socialize. And mm-hmm. and I had a neighbor there, and so that's kind of like a see that totally opposite way of. Uh, depicting uh, Hmong people in just one movie. Just one movie looks, uh, can destroy the whole uh, image of you know, great people. So I think that's really um, important to address these kind of issues uh, through uh, you know, analysis or understanding and also looking at the more critical uh, aspects about it. So I think that's actually more like, we, we need to require more like critical uh, theory, uh, critical aspects about it, instead of like away from this um, issues in our schools and society. I think that's a great um, potential for another for another, another chat. podcast, <laughs> another yeah, chat another and chat podcast. and podcast right so. there. I mean, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let Matt wrap it up, but I have one last question before I let him ask. <laughs> Just keep jumping in there. Right, sorry. Uh, in we're in Texas, and there are laws being passed for teachers in Texas to not address some uh, social, justice. social justice issues. Um, and I think it's gonna be really important for teachers to really read the laws and understand them um, because most of it's around critical race theory. But uh, I think that unfortunately, a lot of teachers are gonna be very scared to address anything anti-racism or social justice oriented. So what- uh, Well, and especially art teachers. Oh, I think especially art yeah. teachers. We've already had something here happen in our state where a teacher allowed students to, and I, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I just read this article. A teacher allowed students to create the yearbook, the back design of the, the back of the yearbook, and it was all student images 
that they had just created and submitted. And one of them was like Black Lives Matter. And there were some other things that were around social justice. Um, and she's been put on leave, um, administrative leave while, it be, while it's being investigated because the parents were angry. Um, I, and I, again, I don't know the whole story. None of us know when you read an article like that, you don't know all sides of everything, but I think that there's going to be more fear for teachers. Um, and I think that that's, that's sad to me, you know, all the wonderful ideas that we're talking about. I just, I, I know that in certain States it's going to be, um, a, walking a tightrope. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to those teachers and approaching these things? I think uh, I can I can uh, weigh in my uh, my opinion. Uh, I think Georgia is one of them, uh, one of the state, right? Uh, so uh, because I always have this idea, integrating social issue into teaching or the visual art could have a long ranging effect on our society in order to heal not only just a victim of the pandemic, all other public health crises, right? Uh, but to help to uh, educate students to multi ethnic differences. And then uh, because I also cover LGBTQ issue in my pre uh, master classes, I have a lot of students that will say, Kevin, I don't want to lose my job if I cover this. And then I say, I understand, but I'm not asking you to cover LGBTQ issue in your classroom, just like cover it, right? So I will say, you know, as a teacher, we always want our students uh, have a safe environment to learn. And then visual art class is always the safe place for everybody, right? So you have to stand on this point. You know, if you cannot create a safe uh, environment for your student, they will not learn, right? And then uh, as, you, as we all know, our, our classroom is particularly safe for those uh, marginalized students because they are creating art, they are expressing their idea, right? So I told my student, you need to stand on the ground. Uh, your, your classroom is a, is a safe place for everybody. You welcome everybody. You welcome in every single idea, right? And then number two, you need to have empathy. So you need to let your student know, I embrace every single issue that you want to express, right? And then if sometimes, for example, uh, always utilizing single, uh, like a, a simple moment to educate your kids, for example, when I was teaching an uh, elementary school student, and then uh, I asked her to do a self-portrait. And one of the kids, one of the boys were using pink, you know, decorate his clothes. And the other boy just stopped by and said, oh, only girl use pink to, you know, uh, for the clothes. And then so if teacher didn't say anything, that means your teacher agree with that statement. So I always talk to students, if you see any teach, teachable moment, you need to stop and teach it. So I always pause the class. I say, so let me ask you this. So why boys cannot use pink clothes? Does it mean that the uh, girl cannot wear blue uh, dresses, right? So use those kind of single moment. And then even just two minutes, students will learn. They will have an impact in their mind. So you are not just, you are not just, I told to myself that you are not covering LGBTQ issue totally for 40 minutes. No, it's not right. But you need to make sure you, you grab the single movement and teach. Or if your kids, one of your students say, oh, that is okay, right? You just pause it and then say that that language is not allowed in my classroom. And then you explain why. And then make sure all the kids listen and then you can move on. So those teachable movement is very important rather than you cover the whole thing, like a black line matter for 40 minutes. 
on, of course, you're going to piss off some, some parents, right? <laughs> yeah. What you can do is bring those little moments into your teaching, and then you can gradually, you know, help your student understand the diversity and the social issue happen in our life because art cannot be separated from our community, right? That's impossible. And then because all the great work of art was created through those social movements and then the social ideology, right? And then so that is my, that's my suggestion. Simple moment, empathy, safe yeah. place for the classroom. I think the great suggestion, Kevin. So I think that's really like, uh, I mean, I also uh, was disturbed by the, uh, the news and something going on in our country. So this is really the important issues. It's, it's, it's more about just beyond like uh, whether we can teach like uh, uh, critical race theory in the classroom or not. It's more bigger issues. It's mm-hmm. more about this might be, I guess, I'm, I'm just a, a concerned that this might be the first step. So that mm-hmm. means like uh, right now, just, you know, you know, requiring not to teach about critical race theory or social justice in the classroom and then next step might be more like a, you know how you know more like directions coming from upper levels and saying you need to teach this kind of with the perspectives so so and there's this is not just like a u.s problem some other countries they dictate the history history of their country only taught with a certain hegemonial perspective that's going to be a huge uh, issue. So I think the, the better way to address this, the art teachers and educators, like or art, you know, social study teachers, we uh, work mm-hmm. together like more advocates, work with the more um, other, um, you know, create coalition and work together and develop more strategy. And, and a, lot, a lot of like um, some of like um, rhetorics uh, based on critical race theory, social justice, was uh, misinformed, mm-hmm. and so this uh, CRT is not about like uh, um, demonizing uh, one groups or one race. It's more about equal uh, presence, equal value, e- and all you know, you know, ethnic mm-hmm. groups or race can be uh, respected. So I think that's more like advocacy and uh, um, work together uh, with national organizations, and that helps. Um, with this kind of like uh, um, the climate. Yeah. Great advice. (laughs) That kind of, I mean, we would normally ask for your your bits of wisdom, but you've shared so much wisdom with us today that I I don't even know. Well, I think we need to give them a chance for their last. Okay. Last words, any parting words? I, any, any, anything that you can share with us that you haven't already. There you go. You know, that's one thing, one thing, uh, I mean, we talked a lot about important issues, critical issues. So I'm going to go a little bit like, a, uh, you know, who, you know, who you are. There's, we, I, I haven't known many uh, Asian American art educators in the US. So we are always open, we always welcome and trying to help. So like, uh, like uh, um, you know, always, if you have any questions, contact us. Also, uh, National Art Education, Asian Art and Culture Interest Group. So we are about like a few hundred people, image members, uh, trying to address and help with the teaching Asian and, and our culture. And so uh, some of them is quite has extensive experience addressing these kind of issues in the classroom, a K-12 classroom, and others as more experience in museums and community. So uh, don't, um, 
hesitate to contacting us um, and trying to collaborate and trying to work together, solve a problem together. Right, I think I will just say one, uh, one sentence. Uh, you know, be a successful art teacher. You just need to teach one successful student, and then you will be a successful student and teacher. So keep working hard, and you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, thank oh you, my. gentlemen, so much. I, I, this is a really yeah. important topic, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to continue to connect with both of you, uh, and continue to to raise the the awareness of our of our listeners and art educators and you know send them resources that they can use and um, connect them to your groups so thank you so much for for being on the twitter chat and on the podcast we appreciate it thank you guys. Thank, you, thank you for having us whoa I, that was it was one of our longer discussions but so amazing fantastic and i love i'm gonna i i had no idea about the the NEA resources. I'm gonna have to go look at that. Yeah. So all of that's gonna be in the show notes on davis.com, davisart.com. And I'm just super thrilled to be able to share those with teachers because I think that this is such an important topic. And we we covered a lot. Yeah. We did. Yeah. So I love the the basically through all the examples that they were giving and the the ways that they would use that in their classrooms and to have such a huge spectrum of all the way up to university level and all the way down into you know the the elementary level sure taking small steps that's all they just kept saying was doesn't have to be this mind-blowing hour-long teaching from you know beginning to end it can just be a small action and i love that absolutely and then reaching out to your community in you know the there are so many resources within our community and, and organizations that you can reach out to. And I think that um, making sure to collaborate, that was other, the mm -hmm. other piece that I kept hearing over again, Yeah, collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. So start small and collaborate, look around, collaborate. And if you can't find anything that way, look bigger. So. Yeah, definitely. So hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next time. Bye. Hey, Laura. Yes, honey. <laughs> you look like you're. Uh, you you may have found something on social media. I, well, when am I not <laughs> well, looking? True. But, um, Twitter any, or you Instagram. To find any happy teacher moments. I did. I've got a very sweet one right here. Um, it's a little video, and it's from Ruth Bryn, and it says, "Listen to their voices. It's such a joy." This kid's obstacle course is next level. Uh, and it's just this sweet, and then it says hashtag happy teacher moment and dragon learners. And they have gone outside. It's, you know, towards the end of the year now, sure. school year, and the kids are outside and they're doing chalk art and they're making obstacle courses with chalk art. Chalk art. It is the cutest little video. <laughs> so totally great. And um, love the happy teacher moments. So keep sending them. Yeah. Yeah. So um, make sure you hashtag happy teacher moment. And you can even include at creativity department and we will make sure to share them on the podcast. Thank you. If you've been listening for a while, then you know that we are always looking for new ideas and inspirations. 
So if you have any suggestions, comments, or info to share with your peers, find us on Twitter and Facebook or through our partner with Davis Publications at davisart.com.